0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, My Broken Hallelujah. I'm Missy Reen, And on this episode, I really felt led to share my very first encounter with Jesus and really what kind of came from that. This isn't a really long story. It's probably going to be a pretty short podcast, but every time I say that somehow it ends up being half hour. (laughs) So we'll see. The story that I'm going to share to you, I actually didn't even remember until, gosh, I don't know, several years ago, and the Lord brought it back to my memory. My very first encounter with Jesus was when I was five years old. And at that time, my family didn't go to church. There was never a lot of conversation about God. The only time I probably ever was talked to about God was when I would look at the old Bible that my grandmother had on her coffee table, or actually it was on a shelf on her coffee table. Remember the old coffee tables that you had the coffee table on top and like a couple of shelves underneath? That's what she had. And she had an old I guess, family Bible. I think it was more of just like a decor. I don't really know. I don't remember if she wrote anything in it. I just remember that it was a huge Bible that had the old school pictures in it where it looked like Rembrandt paintings or something. (laughs) And I probably asked questions Of who is this? And, you know, it was a scene of Moses and the Ten Commandments and all of that kind of thing. It's one of those 1970s old Bibles. Anyway, my everyday life didn't consist of church or Jesus, God, (laughs) anything like that. That was just never really brought up or talked about. I didn't know who Jesus was, really. I just probably thought he was in this Bible. And I can't even remember if I seen a picture of Jesus in the Bible. The one that sticks out is literally Moses and the Ten Commandments. So when Jesus reminded me of our very, very first encounter, I remembered it like it was happening right then. I couldn't believe I had forgotten it, especially with having a relationship with Jesus. But I had, I I had forgotten it. But I was five years old. And at the time, my mother was married to my sister's dad. And we lived in a little house that the yard's And my memory is just seemed to be a huge yard. It probably isn't or wasn't. But at five years old, it was a pretty big yard. And I loved this house. And I loved this yard. Because the backyard was big enough to have everything, including my swing set, my sister's dad, had built us a tree house, which I adored. And it just, I don't know, it was just my most favorite yard at the time. And I was the most happiest there. And we had gotten a dog. I don't know if it was for Christmas or just random dog that was brought home, but we had gotten a dog whose name was Tippy, who, you know, just was a puppy and I just had a blast with him and I would play in that backyard with the dog or by myself and I remember very distinctly that it was cold outside because I had my coat on and even as a young girl I was very girly. I loved to wear dresses and jewelry and bracelets and all the things and play dress up in my mom's dresses and I still remember I had a coat on and I had a dress and pantyhose and shoes. And I don't know where we had been. I don't know if I was dressed up for a reason or that was just something I wanted to wear that day. <laughs> I could have been, you know, at school. I really don't know. But the encounter happened when I was by myself and I on my way probably either to the treehouse or the swing set but I was standing in the middle of my backyard and all of a sudden I, I could see something coming down from the sky but not really like the sky it was just coming down from above me and all of a sudden I seen his face and I wasn't scared it didn't freak me out. If you've ever encountered Jesus face to face, you know that the second you lay eyes on him, it's different. There's no fear. There's nothing but peace. There's just nothing but absolute stillness and love. And I can't even really explain. I don't even know if I have actual words to explain when you come face to face with Jesus. But in that moment I was face-to-face with Jesus, and there were no words even spoken between us. He just came, and he put his forehead to my forehead, and he smiled at me. And then as fast as he was there, he was gone. And I went on my way playing. This whole encounter had happened, and somehow— at five years old, I just knew that it was all okay. And I just accepted it and and moved on. There was no break. You would think I would run in and tell my mom or something, but there wasn't that. There was just the encounter. And then I went on playing. And a little happier, if I'm being honest, my early childhood was still very chaotic and a little depressing, if I'm being honest. But that, I don't know, that just deposited something in me when I came face to face with him. And when he reminded me of it, and I asked him about it, what was the purpose of that? I didn't get saved then. I didn't go in and tell anyone about you or that I had seen you. I didn't still know any more about you than I did 30 seconds before I seen you other than I had seen you. And he said, I imprinted my face upon your heart because I knew what you were going to have to go through. And in order to do that, to go through that, I needed you to be tethered to me. And the only way to do that was to put my face on your heart. You see, Jesus knows, God the Father knows everything. And again, let me stress this. If you have been through any type of abuse in your childhood, teenagerhood, adulthood, if you have suffered at the hands of somebody else, and I'm, I mean really suffered, that was never God's will for your life never not ever did God want me as a five-year-old to be molested as a seven eight year old to be raped to be all the things that happened to me there was that was never his will for my life not ever but what Satan meant for Harm, God will absolutely use. And because He had imprinted His face on my heart, there was a piece of me that always stayed tethered to Him. There was a piece of me that when I came out of abuse in my childhood, actually, when my parents got saved and we started going to church. There was a piece of me that was uncorruptible by the abuse and everything else that happened after. And by uncorruptible, I don't mean that I didn't go and sin. Obviously, I did. I went and had an abortion. But there was always a part of my heart that knew that Jesus was real and I can't really explain it, but there was a part of my heart that knew the love of Christ before I even made a commitment to Him, before anything really. I mean, I can't really explain it in words, but when He reminded me of that, I was... I was so surprised. I was so surprised that in order to be able to keep me, he came and imprinted on me before I knew him. I used to always think that these people who had these encounters, you know, you'd hear stories growing up about Jesus walking in the room, you know, when they to before they were saved and that's what led them to be saved or something to that effect and I'd always think why didn't that happen to me? I want that. When in fact it had happened to me, I had just forgotten it. I guess maybe because there wasn't words spoken, but again, at five years old, what, (laughs) you know, in my household getting saved at five years old in the backyard would probably sent my parents over the edge and thinking that I was probably crazy which they ended up thinking that anyway, about three years later, because I started seeing demons. That is a whole nother story. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that I was a seer and could see in the spirit realm after I had seen Jesus. I don't remember ever seeing them before, but I do remember after that I I could see I've only dreamed of angels. I've seen a couple in the sky, like kind of formed in a cloud. I've actually heard them, but I've never had like an angelic visitation where one comes and talks to me other than again in my dream. And that, but demons I see, and I've of course heard them talk to me. From the first time, really, I was raped at eight years old to now. I can still every now and then hear them talk or see them on people or through people or that's just kind of what I see. And that's, I don't know, that freaks people out. My husband still isn't used to it. Well, I think he's actually used to it now, but I don't think he really ever understood or understands why I see them. I just know that that's just part of my ministry, part of what will eventually come. So as far as like deliverance and telling more of my story to you guys and really just letting you know all the demonic voices I did hear growing up. And there were a lot. There were a lot. My next podcast will probably go into detail about being used in a satanic ritual by the girlfriend of my real father and how that really introduced the demonic into my life. And really from that point on, seeing and hearing them and how God really Delivered me from that. Not again, part of it is part of my calling, part of it because I am a seer. In fact, when the Lord told me what I was called to do, He gave me, took me to Jeremiah, and you know, basically said, This is what this is your call, this is your ministry, this is what I have for you. But He always is very quick to point out that before He formed me in the womb, He knew me. Before I was born, He had set me apart. It's even, gosh, I don't know, what is it in? Psalms 139, 16. It says, The Lord's eyes saw my unformed body all the days, ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them even came to be. And Isaiah 49.1 says, uh, From my birth, he has made mention of my name. From my birth, he knew me, and he knew you. He mentioned my name and yours in heaven. He had already devised a plan and a purpose for us. We were loved, we were known, we were seen, and he has said our name in heaven. I don't know about you, but that to me, as being a survivor of mental, physical, and sexual abuse, walking in a shell of who i was wondering why nobody ever seen me why nobody was going to come and save me how i would just stare at people thinking aren't they going to notice no one ever noticed for several different reasons but that my name had already been spoken in heaven that before I was even formed, God of the heaven and earth knew me, planned exactly when I was going to be born. He had set me apart. He'd seen me long before I was ever even here. And he still sees me to this very day. That changed something in me to know that he has mentioned my name. That that really, that changed me. Because I can remember those dark days wishing that somebody would see me. I could be in a room full of people and be the most alone I'd ever felt. Because I was so broken inside. If that's you and you feel like no one's ever seen me my whole life. No one's ever really looked at me and said, I love you, or called my name in a way that says, I'm here and I understand. I want you to know that Jesus does that. It's all in his word. All in his word that says, that he set us apart before we were born, that he formed us in the womb, and that from my birth he has made mention of my name. I want you to grasp all of that, that your name has been spoken in heaven, and he wants so much to heal you. He wants to come and impart and imprint His face on your heart. And if you feel like, I know all of this, but I'm still not getting the healing that I truly want. I want to be set free from the pain that I have carried since childhood. This is where you start. This is where it all starts. As you come and you say, Jesus, Come and print and impart your face on my heart so that I can surrender all that I have been carrying once and for all. That I long to give this to you, but I need to know that I can trust you to take it, heal me to the degree that I never have to carry it again. And the only way I can do that is if you come and you imprint your face on my heart, he will. He absolutely will. One thing I've noticed about us survivors is sometimes because we survived, we almost use that as a protection. have a false narrative that that makes us strong because look what all I walk through. When really it's the fact that we haven't given all of our pain to Jesus because when we're alone, we're devastated. When we're alone, we're crying. When we're alone, we get in our victimhood. So therefore we can never be totally free. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you're not strong because you, you survived. You are strong. But when you wear that as a protection, it only keeps you bound to it. And there needs to be a complete surrendering. And you need to know that you can trust Jesus. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that walking it out and letting it go And surrendering it to Jesus is going to look like you think it will. Nine times out of ten, it doesn't. But it's worth it. And I know I say this quite a bit, but I really want to encourage you to seek a Christian counselor. To go in for that deep healing. To find people at your church friends, good godly friends that will pray for you, lift you up, because freedom is possible. I'm walking proof of that. There is nothing God won't do if we will let him. And I, again, I know how hard it is. It was very, very hard for me because I wore the coat of false strength, really. Again, it was just part of my victimhood that I misunderstood. But I want to pray for you today. I just want to pray, Lord, that you would come and to everyone that listens to this podcast and says, that's me, Lord, please come and imprint your face on my heart. Lord, I ask that they have such an amazing encounter with you, Jesus, that they will never be the same, that some will be healed instantly and others will understand the walk and how to do it, to release it. That you have come to set the captives free. And I just ask right now that you just impart that to them in a way that they will understand, in a way that they will see you, that your voice today, Father, will drown out every voice of the enemy, every lie that says they can never be free of this, that this is just their lot in life to walk with it, to carry it. Lord, let them feel what I felt when you told me my name has been said in heaven. My name has been said in heaven. Your name has been said in heaven out of the mouth of God. But I pray that they get that revelation. And I just speak healing I bind up the spirit of trauma that it cannot today. Today, Lord, your voice breaks through and it puts them all on the path of healing. And if you don't know Jesus and you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason you found yourself here, that's easy. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and your word says that if i will receive you and confess my sins to you that you will wash them away that i will become a new creature in christ and lord i ask that and i confess that i receive you as my savior It's as simple as that. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. Get yourself in the Word. Fill yourself up with it. Find you some amazing praise and worship, whatever kind of music you like to listen to. They have praise and worship music in that genre. And learn. Learn the love of God. Learn who He is. He is not just love, but He's power, and He's fire, and He's Savior. And He is the great and mighty warrior who has never and will never lose a battle. Well, I'm going to end my podcast here. I would love to hear from you guys if you need prayer or just to keep in touch, feel free to contact me. You can get in touch with me on my webpage. I would love to pray for you guys. I'm praying for you now. I love you. Jesus loves you. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.